When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but eh? Hello everyone, it's Stu hosting today. Welcome to Walls Fancast. Good afternoon, Blake in America. Good morning. If you're listening to this on a, on a glorious Bank Holiday Monday and you've uh, survived the weekend, a celebration. Um, well, good evening to all of you joining us on YouTube. Get your comments in. Yeah, so with it, with me and Blake is Ed. How many times have you been on before, Ed? I think it's two or three, something like that. Yeah, t- yeah, second times. This is the hat trick now. This is the hat trick. This is the bully, bully arms out in the airplane pose time for me. Now, this is the, this is the. Well, we've already gone off off topic already. But what is your if if it was your uh, your hat trick ball, and you just said the bully celebration? If it wasn't the bully celebration, what would your hat trick celebration be? I mean, I'm not the size to do the Robbie Keane roly-poly, but I definitely would try. So I think that's what I'd go for. Blake, I don't think this question's ever been asked on this on this uh, show before. So what would yours be? If, I play... if by some miracle you weren't playing in goal and we're up front scoring a hat-trick for any any kind of MLS team, who would you? <laughs> what would your celebration be? You know, I played hockey for years, and I always, no matter what, when I played forward, would just. Easy little celebration of fist bump. So I think it would probably just be two hands in the air. Wouldn't even be anything that complicated. <laughs> oh, superb. Almost. I was going to say, it's, it's a combination of Alan Shearer and uh, Harry Kane there, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Best of both worlds. Right then. <laughs> it feels weird to not be angry or depressed for a day. <laughs> um, as, we, as we always do, we'll... Um, how were you feeling going into it? Because obviously, Dan, and if you watched the preview show last week, um, it was there was a feeling of trepidation in the air, I think. Um, so we'll go for you first, Ed. How were you feeling uh, before, the, before the lineup came out? Uh, say five to two yesterday afternoon. How were you feeling? Uh, yeah, I, I think I bought into uh, little Dan's optimism, to be honest. I went down the We Are The Banker. I th- I had 1-0 in a prediction thing that I do with some of my friends. I had 1-0 away, and it did work. Um, but I was relatively confident, but mostly because I thought Everton are awful, more <laughs> than I think that we're good. I think it was more that if you could have picked a team for us to play yesterday, I would have picked Everton. The fans are probably more toxic than anyone else in the league. They're all over the place on the pitch and... Um, yeah, I, I was relatively confident with at least a point, to be honest. Relatively confident. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of what I and mainly because of how awful Everton are, rather mm. than how well we've uh, 
with a, an XG of around about eight, I think, going into the game and one goal to show for it. How about you, Blake? Was the um, how was the discourse over there with Wolves going into this? Because obviously we were uh, in this uh, global world of things. Most people were kind of not on our backs yet here. Um, but over there, I'm imagining it was a little bit different. I don't know if I would exactly say that. I think it was sort of the same where I just felt like it was two crap teams. Let's just be perfectly honest. <laughs> and I just thought that it was going to be absolutely nutters, whatever the heck happens. And I did go in thinking it was going to be a draw. So I was thrilled to come out with three points by the end. But yeah, it just kind of felt like it did feel like if we were going to get three points from anywhere, it had to be from here. You know, if we if we had lost this game, I think we'd be talking about being in serious trouble right now. But thankfully, even if it was just by the luck of Sosa's shoulder, <laughs> we've gotten three points. And well, hopefully things will be getting a little bit optimistic moving forward. He doesn't know if it was his shoulder. He doesn't know what part of it himself it came off. And looking at the video and watching that goal multiple times today, I don't either. Um, but all that matters is, is it went in. And the, I think there was a reason why it was being dubbed El Crapico um, for the reasons that you just both said. <laughs> um, so we'll go to three, uh, two o'clock and the lineup. What did you think of this, Blake? Because I know I seem to be the only one talking talking up Sarabia in, 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 this, uh, in this fine group of people. And I wanted him in there for stability again. Um, but now with with Matthias suspended, he brought in Quang, and when I went for Aynuri, what was your thoughts behind this? Yeah, I don't blame him bringing in Huang. I mean, again, we need goals from somewhere, and the fact that he had scored against Brighton, I mean, it's better than nothing. Um, as much as I like Silva, he's still he's still just a newbie for the Premier League in all in all matter of fact. So I don't think that we can really rely on him to be the big forward. And I think that was kind of the idea that we had with bringing Kuna up top was that Kuna is the sort of player that can actually drive through the middle. I mean, we saw that against Brighton and well, against Manchester United too. And I think there was sort of this idea that if we could put Kuna up top, he would be able to drive through the defense and actually get us some chances going through the middle. But obviously I just don't really think that that worked out. And I don't know. I just, I don't really know what you do with this team at this rate. It's it's just, it's such a weird hodgepodge of players now that I think there's nothing much you can do other than tinker and just hope that we find the back of the net at some point, which is sort of what happens yesterday. So as much as I want to say, well, I don't know what I want to say about that lineup. It kind of worked. Yeah. And no Joe hodgepodge jokes there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I think you kind of touched on Fang there. So, so for you, Ed, what with how well Aitnuri had done, especially for me anyway, personally, was when I was surprised, um, especially starting the game. I, th- I think I was surprised, definitely. But the only thing with Aitnuri has always been the case is, can he play three games in a row and play for the whole 90 minutes or, you know, the majority of the 90? Um, and maybe Bueno offers a little bit more in terms of staying wide. Maybe eight Norris. I was at the home game last week, and he tended to drift inside. In this, you can't talk about football without talking about an inverted fullback at the minute. Um, but he certainly was coming in a lot more inside than Bueno normally does because Bueno's right foot is even worse than eight Norris. Um, so I, I wonder if it was part fitness, part trying to make the Goodison pitch, which is quite narrow, as wide as possible. Maybe is the option as well. Um, 
I was, I think Huang made sense in terms of he he knows where the goal is. And for someone who I thought he was one of the worst players to pull on the old gold about a year ago, his character arc, I've put it in the comments a few times for me, is a bit like a Marvel um, <laughs> superhero where he's sort of gone from an, a hero to anti-hero and, and back again. Um, when he came in, he sort of burst onto the scene. Then he went through a period of, you know, couldn't trap a bag of cement. And now he's back to being the only one who knows where the goal is. So I think, I think as Blake said, I think he was more of a roll of the dice of he knows where the goal is. So hopefully he'll nab us something on the break or, you know, a, a goal that bounces off his head like the Brighton game. And it's just his luck that he's done his hamstring again. Yeah. <laughs> just as just as he hitting some form. I was gonna say let's let's gonna break it down first half, second half, but <laughs> what do you say about the first half? Other Nothing. than how how was it nil nil? Yeah, I think looking looking through you looking through any notes that you might have made, it was just Dan Juma chance missed, Sar good save, Dan Juma chance miss good save that seems to be what the first half was um from from everything i've seen yeah and the and the one that was blasted into the side netting for, for about three yards out which from where we were seemed it was it was one of them because it hit this it seemed to hit the stanchion and the side of the net and ripple it was like, oh shit here we go already and thankfully not but did so I've watched it back, and it seemed clear as day that that was offside anyway, the one that he saw tipped onto the post in the first half. The whole flag debate started up again. Is this is this as big a problem as we think it is, Blake? Because I personally don't care. And the amount of things that... The amount of so-called injuries that happened because of this has never happened. It's annoying, but on the same token, how many goals has it actually saved that would have been ruled out otherwise? I don't really care one way or the other, to be perfectly honest. I used to care a lot, and Stu, you know my feelings on VAR are not very <laughs> positive. But as in terms of this whole letting it go, I don't really care. Um, I remember Patricio nearly got injured nearly during lockdown football, and there was some hullabaloo about that. But after that, I've never really seen any incident come from it since. So I don't particularly think it's any more likely to cause injury. Uh, I, I'm just... Yeah, I just don't really think it matters that much. I just hope that whatever decision we get to is done quickly. And it seems like VAR has been doing a better job of that this year. So hopefully yeah. that continues. And, you know, in terms of when the flag goes up, I'm not that that bothered by it. Because, you know, I remember so many times back before we had VAR, back when we were in the championship, we'd see the ball go in. And then, you know, three seconds later, the flag would go up. So to me, it's not much different than than that was. Yeah. And yeah, and that's fair. I mean, that, that's when... My argument for quite a while with it that it's it's annoying, but it, it's one of them. Um, and you talk about that, we might as well talk about the two offside, the disallowed goals, because I think the discourse over Fabio is getting. We'll, we'll come on to it later, but that's a, that's an instinct. That's a striker's instinct putting that ball in from where it was. And again, we talked about Bueno earlier. That ball in, Ed. How superb was that ball in again? Yes. Yeah. It, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was sort of an attacking midfielder before he got transferred to being a left-back. And I think you can kind of see that he knows where to put the ball and it's a wonderful ball in. And like you said, I think as cliched as it is, Fabio clearly knows where the back of the net is. 
but when he's given any time to think about it, he's kind of in his own head at the moment. And that was just a brilliant finish. And maybe he's only that sort of half yard offside because of the pressure that he's maybe putting on himself, that he feels that he's being put on him to get that goal, that he's kind of had to take that half a yard lean forward, which has caused him to be offside maybe there as well. So I think, I think it will come. I think it will come. I know we'll get on to Fabio, but I think it will come. I've, I've seen enough, I think. Yeah. There's something there. I think playing him where we are doesn't help, really. It's just, when they, I mean, I had a bit of a tete-a-tete in the first half because of how awful it was. And he, there was a couple of people slagging him off for not tracking back and not running the channels. And you think, well, he's supposed to be playing in the middle. He's not going to be supposed... He's not supposed to be running the channels. And, I mean, we'll get to that. Go Talk about our forwards now. I mean, you look at that and you look at Neto. We, we mentioned Twang. Cunha, Blake. <laughs> Did he play yesterday? I know. I know. It, it's, it's tragic because he played so brilliantly in our first two matches and then he was just nowhere to be found yesterday. So it's just really unfortunate. I mean... Granted, you're playing him out of position, so I don't necessarily can say that I'm surprised. But oh, I don't know; it's it's disheartening because we need to do something up front, and I don't know. I just don't know. Just we have to gamble with something at this point. So I don't necessarily blame Gary O'Neill for sticking Cunha up there and just seeing what happens. But at the same time, he's someone that I think we desperately need in our midfield. Yeah, I don't know about you, Ed, because where I mean, we've talked about this before, but. I don't think anyone other than the people at the club think he's actually a striker, which yeah. is worrying. So my, my, my answer, if you'd have asked me that question, is what is his position? I genuinely don't know if we know where that is yet. Um, and for a player of his age, with the money we've paid for him, to not have a plan of any regard on where we're going to play him is, is mind-boggling. Um, he doesn't, he's not a centre-forward. But he's not necessarily sort of one of these players that can play on the wing that cuts inside. His skills seem to be driving through the middle. But is that where we need him right now? I don't. I. I don't know. I think you have to play Fabio because until Kaladzic is up and running, who else are we going to play up front that's going to not waste their energy as well? I think that's the other thing that you're talking about at half time. If Fabio runs back and wins the ball, and we have to clear it, who are we clearing it to? There's no one up there. So at some point you have to stop and stand still sometimes as a striker and just let the ball come to you. And I think that's important as well. Sometimes with that focal point, we actually need one, don't we? And Cunha isn't that. So I'd like to know where he is going to be played because he the, he's clearly got some skills. Like we saw in the Man United game, he was unplayable. But again, that wasn't really as a centre forward. No. And Dean Marsden in the comments there. Hello, everyone in the comments. Um there was no space centrally yesterday. Um, it would have been better off coming in from the left, which, again, that was Swang's position. And Huang didn't really do it either. It was it was so frustrating in that first half. Um, but it's all it, we're almost at the stage already, after, what, seven, eight months, that we're are we in a Joe Linton position? Where <laughs> you, you said it yourself, Ed, he's, he's more of a midfielder. He, that's that's where he seems more comfortable. And have we spent forty odd million on a on a striker who, just to convert him back? And it doesn't matter what happens to Matthias now. We've got the other Matthias instead. 
Yeah, well, that that was something I was I was considering today when I was thinking about it when I got the call up for my hat trick. Is that <laughs> could we make a profit on uh, one Matthias and move the other one back? Because it seems to me that they do similar roles, do it similarly in terms of being able to glide with that with the ball. Um, and could we then use any money that we may or may not have with FFP um, to maybe bolster, you know, the defence and the forward line and leave our midfield with just the second coming of a different Matthias? Yeah. Yeah, fair point. And is a, a valid point here from Sean Crow. I blame Nunes. I think his speed opens the middle for us. Was that what was missing yesterday, Blake? Because it looked sterile as anything in that first half, especially. <sighs> to some degree. I mean, I think that we still were able to generate some variable chances. It's just that I just think we're crap. Like, I, just don't <laughs> think I just don't think there's any way to get around that fact. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think... I, I don't know what you do with this group of players, to be perfectly honest. I mean, we're playing fine considering what we have, and we could be way, way worse off than we are right now. So I'm thinking our lucky stars that we are, we are what we are. But uh, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I think that's all I can say is that it's just crap. And I don't think it mattered who was in our midfield for that match. I think it was going to be just as terrible of a first half as anything. When you, you've mentioned midfield there, so, so let's get on to it. Was this the first game where we missed a certain captain? Because I know I've been, and Gully as well, have been very vocal about how we'd be a better team without um, Neves in it moving forward. And we saw how attacking we were. But yesterday, despite the stats, which we'll put up later, which is astonishing, really, um, that midfield of... Lugio Gomez and Lamini yesterday looked overrun from the start, didn't it? Yeah, overrun, overworked as well. I think they have been in the in the in the opening part of the season as well, and we can't rely on their engines always being firing um, to sort of play two players playing three or two and a half players worth of you know covering two and a half players worth of ground. And yes, I think although it's hard to to admit. Um, I've Nevers is someone that you kind of, as a Wolves fan, you revered him, you loved him, you wondered how the hell we ever got him in the first place, how we held on to him for so long, and then you kind of try and maybe not convince yourself, but then say, Do you know, what? we could be different without him. And I felt last week, as well as this week, sometimes we were missing that player in the middle of the park that wasn't afraid to want the ball and turn and play the pass, not just even forward, but to hold on to it for a bit as well and be that that out ball that we were lacking. I think if we're going to insist on sort of the the Brighton mould of this Laporza thing where you stop and you wait and you bring everyone onto you, sometimes you need someone in that middle that's able to then break the lines with a, with a bloody long ball sometimes to get to not just get rid, but to get rid with a, with a purpose. And I felt like that if that those two players that you just flashed up there, I love both of them. I think they're brilliant. Their heart and soul is is fantastic on the pitch. But creativity-wise, there's not a lot in those two men there. And sometimes we are going to need to play a, a fellow crap team, as Blake said, and have someone that's slightly better than what they have. And Neves would have been that yesterday. He yeah. would have been that creativity in midfield that 
may have sparked something. I mean, we all saw the videos of João Gomes um, before he signed, and we haven't seen any of his um, carrying the ball that we were mm. promised. Every Blake, I think that that's I think that, that for me is the the biggest not worry. It's just an enigma because he did it last season a few times, and we know that he can do it. Um, maybe again, that's another um, another plus point of if when um, Nunes does go, that he will be the one to then carry the ball forward from midfield if we if we are carrying on with these two. But is it tactical, or is it is he just stifled with a job that he can't really do, Blake? I'm not sure if I read him to be perfectly honest. <gasps> Wash your mouth out, sir! Wow. There were stickers all around Wolverhampton and everything. How I know, I know we did the whole <laughs> the whole signing video and everything, but I, I just, I don't personally see it. Uh, everything that I've seen, <laughs> everything that I've seen, it just points to, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think he's going to do fine, but I just don't think that he's any replacement for Neves or Moutinho for that matter. And I don't know, maybe it gets better with time and maybe I'm just a fool. But I just I don't see that happening personally. I just don't see it happening. Maybe he's not the replacement. Maybe it's that we need to change our tactics to make the most of him. And I think that might be where we are with with it now. Um, He's also taken the number eight, which my eight year old can't believe. He's like he doesn't deserve the eight yet Um, because Nevers was his was his boy. Um, So maybe don't look at it as maybe that. I don't know, Stu, if you agree, but you can't look at it as a like for like because there aren't many Neverses. There's a reason that everyone always said that there was there was not many clubs in the world that wouldn't be improved by him, at least in the squad. And Joao Gomez isn't that kind of player. So maybe don't look at it as a replacement is maybe the only thing I'd say. But I also see what you mean. He was I thought he was pretty terrible at the Brighton game last week when I was there. Five-yard passes were going astray. Um, and it was quite simple. Yeah, and I think yesterday, for the first time, it seemed very much like one of the greatest players I've ever had in Matidia, for the uh, people who, can, who can't see on my um, canvas that's behind me. That, that midfield of Matidia and Neves, who just sat there and didn't, didn't carry the ball. Um, there were so many times for me where it was, it was on, front of it, kind of had a, had a go, and it just got recycled like wide, and no one was willing to take a chance, mm. which maybe it's... <laughs> We're not going to go Blake take. Blake take is bad take. And you can put that in the comments right now and I'll share everything you want. Um, and again, for people who moaned about my microphone, I have done everything I possibly can. If he makes me laugh, it is not my fault, okay? Um, but <laughs> like with Fabio, he seemed to be at doing a job that he's not suited for, which almost was suited for Bubakar Traore yesterday for me. The, the, the forgotten man who might play on Tuesday, he might not, but... Who knows? Um, I'll, pre- I'll presume that this is um, young Daniel in the comments. Um, will be an extremely difficult game next week. Lerman de Corre versus Joe Gomez and Lamina. <laughs> it doesn't look favourable, does it? Even <laughs> here of where you look at it. Um, but th- that's what we've got. That's what we've got a squad, people. That's why we've got a squad. Barely a squad. But... So we've we've slated the midfield in our win. Uh, we've slated our forwards in our win. Um, <laughs> Let's go to defence. Um, 
Nelson Semedo, Ed. Um, I'm part of the Semedo club. He's an odd, odd player. Um, after the absolute slating he got last week, and maybe overly harsh. Obviously, he was at fault for two of the goals uh, of the four, but I thought he was solid yesterday. I don't know about you. Yeah, solid. Happy to get his foot stuck in. So I've got an Everton mate in a group chat who was kept saying that he was lucky to be on the pitch, the two-footed someone from behind and all this kind of stuff. And that was definitely the ramblings of a man who was desperate for his team to get any kind of advantage whatsoever. Um, I'm a fully paid member of both the Kilman and the Semedo Club. Um, I I, th- I think you have to remember what's expected of fullbacks in this day and age to play both ways. It's a bit different to sort of the, you know, the 90s and Gary Neville could could overlap and never get the ball and all that kind of stuff. He has to be an option. Um, and he's often left on a bloody island by himself as well, let's be honest, which I think happened more than once against Brighton, um, which is where mistakes happen because you're covering for two or three many players and, and a lot of space and a lot of yardage. Yes, solid yesterday. I think there was only one one uh, sort of chance that came in behind him, which was a, more of a half chance. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he was solid. And I always think he is solid. Um and if these Man United rumours have anything in them, um, if Wan-Bissaka doesn't come the other way, then they can all get to lost. Yes. I, I, I'll go from weekly being annoyed by him and trying to stick up for him when he does ridiculous things. Yeah. But again, like, I think, like you said, that, I think that's probably the perfect thing. Stuck on an island is, <laughs> is exactly what happens to him over and over again. And he gets pulled all over the place. Um Talking a bit point being pulled all over the place. Um, Blake take. Um, Craig Dawson yesterday talked to me because are we seeing his age now? It's it's starting to worry me a bit. Like your th- your Blake take on this one. Ironically, I don't think he's doing quite bad. I mean. He closed down, I think it was Dan Newman, one chance in the second half, brilliantly. And I, yeah, I mean, he's getting older, sure, fine. But I I, I personally don't see him having a serious problem. Um, yeah, as Evans is saying, uh, commanding fullback would be a nice touch. I mean, we kind of lost that with Cody. And I know you're not exactly the biggest fan of that, Stu. But uh, I think that, I don't know. I, I just, I, I can't. I don't think I can shake any of those defenders for the performance they gave yesterday, and I'm just not going to do so. That's fair. That's a, that's a, that's a fair Blake take, completely. Um, again, our boy Max. I, I don't know where this has come from, but any Wolves fan who thinks Max Kilman ducked under the ball in the lead-up to the SARS wonder save uh, gets to bed now TV. I've no, I have no idea where that's come from. Uh, no. that's, that's obviously silliness. But since it's been mentioned, our Lord and Savia, <laughs> Jose Sar, six saves, five saves inside the box, 1.23 goals prevented, five hope claims, three out of three duels won, one clean sheet. He's He's gone from prayer of the year to scapegoat galore. As a, as a fellow member of the goalkeepers union, Blake, you, you've got authority on this one with me. Um, is that vindication yesterday for why he's here? Definitely, definitely. His distribution yesterday was brilliant as well. It's worth noting. And 
I, I just, I, I think it's very easy to sort of shake down a goalkeeper and say that losses are attributed to, to a goalkeeper. And, you know, I will admit that Saul is keen to a fair few more mistakes than Patricio was. I think that that's a fair thing in saying. But that being said, Saul still has some absolute moments of brilliance in him. And yesterday was, was well, it was exactly that. I mean, there's no reason that he should be I mean, he should be falling over, looking like a fool with that ball in the back of the net. And yet somehow he's able to keep his balance, go the extra step and somehow miraculously tip that ball over the bar. I mean, it's simply magnificent. And it's the only thing that kept us in, this, in that game. And yeah, I think we'd be we'd be an absolute mess without Jose. So I think that's fair to say. And I, I think that Wolves fans that, that want to give Saw a hard time should really take a harder look in the mirror because I think that this team, I, I think we'd be, We'd be way worse off without him than with him. Yeah, and that saw that saw that saw uh, was one of them where watching it in real time, I couldn't believe what I've seen. It's it's very rare that you see. I mean, Pickford had already pulled one off anyway the other the other end, which was out of this world. But then for that to happen, like you said, in midair to get that kind of thrust was just superb. I, I mean. It sounds like a silly question, but would you rather have Sam Johnson in golf, I said, rather than Jose Sarr? I mean, no. <laughs> not just not just because of where he's played, no. Um, I think Jose Sarr, you have to take the rough with the smooth because the smooth wins us games like yesterday. Um, Sam Johnson is a steady performer that will play okay in a mid-table team that is fully functional, and we're not fully functional right now. We need we need. We also need a keeper. That 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 the stat that stood out for me that you just put up there, Stu, was the five claims. That yeah. is incredible. Five high claims, and the I mean the XG literally stopping a goal if you believe in XG, which I do, um, as a useful stat. But those five high claims, that is five five times he's taken the pressure off the team. Five times he's taken the pressure off Dawson's aging legs, who's having a Jody Craddock in reverse kind of Wolves career. Where he's he's started off brilliantly and, and ending, where the, the song will have to go the other way around. Um, but those five high claims just means. I mean, also, that's what four or five minutes of waiting on the ball, getting up, yeah. eating some time away from home, and and getting the crowd against everybody, their own team, their refs, every us. That's yeah. I I think he wins you games, and I, he he may lose you two or three points in, in a season, but he'll also win us six, seven, eight. I think the maths works for Jose Sar in our favour. Yeah, massively. And I think like Blake um, pointed there about his distribution yesterday. Yeah, a, a couple went out for throw-ins, but he's a goalkeeper. And I don't understand where this thing of goalkeepers have to have an 100% pass completion rate comes from, because no other fucker on the pitch does. And no one moans at them. <laughs> And just because it happens now and again, I mean, it, half the time he was booting it to Neto, which was odd. Um, but if he doesn't boot it and he passes it out from the back, people shit themselves, which is, yep. again, strange. And I made a comment on Twitter. I wasn't being flippant for a change. It's no surprise to me that his two performances against Man United, where he was great, other than the one where he, he went walkabout um, when we were under severe pressure. But again, his presence there was superb. And then yesterday... He was, as people have criticised him online and in person as well, and on certain other podcasts, that his 
command of the box wasn't great. And then you look at that yesterday, and that was like Matt Murray-esque, who also couldn't yeah. kick the ball, by the way, and would be roasted if it was uh, if X was around in 2002-03. Uh, but yeah, I thought yesterday was redemption. And is it is it a Blake take to say that he is better now now that a certain goalkeeper coach has left, and we've got someone who knows what they're doing? I, I don't think that's a Blake take. I think that's I think that's something that we're gonna we're gonna maybe see the fruits of in the coming weeks. Um, I agree with you completely as well with the distribution thing. I mean. If you go back in the day, distribution was always 100% because you just booted it up to the six foot three bloke up front who want to flick on to get the ball come back at you quickly. That would class as 100% uh, pass success rate, but it's not. Um, I just think, yeah, Jose saw it. it. There's a reason he's in the Portuguese squad. There's a reason that clubs sniff around him every summer. Um, and goalkeepers, I think, as Blake said, every now and again, when you pull a Ricky as a goalkeeper, it goes in the back of the net. That's the difference. And I think there, it's also very easy to scapegoat a goalkeeper um, because the mistakes shine brighter, don't they, with a goalkeeper? Yeah, and as, especially a goalkeeper like him as well. I mean, you can, you can look at the different types. We look at we mentioned Rui quite a bit here already today, and he was as steady as you get. I think was it John Ruddy who said he's never seen a goalkeeper who doesn't leave his line as much as he does, and that was his thing. He stayed on his own. He didn't go anywhere else. That was his bag. If that, if he getting done like in the comments, someone put where he got done at the near post all the time. Yeah, that happened because that was his thing. Jose Sar's going to come out and claim everything. He's a bit mad, like with the uh, the videos of him on, the, on that bike going around Tetnal in his first season here. Um, but if you're going to have an eccentric personality, then you're going to accept some mistakes sometimes. And yeah, I agree with you, Ed, that you, you take the rough with the smooth thing. Um, but again, when you look at the, uh, we'll, we'll go to the stats of the game. I know we, we, we teased it earlier, but incredibly, we had 53% possession. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> because to me, it's and in certain other videos as well that featured me over the weekend when I had no voice. We were talking about, oh, it was a smashing grab. It was back to the wall, which it was. But according to that, that we had more possession and more touches and more passes. Is that true? <laughs> because he certainly didn't feel like that. I think it is. I mean, we had fair spells of possession. I just don't think we were really able to get into the box and actually do anything with it. So I, I don't think it's as much of a smash and grab as, as many would like to make it out to be. Uh, I think that we played relatively fine. It's just almost like always nowadays, we really struggle to get the ball in the box and actually get shots on target. And yeah, I mean, there was nothing that I saw in that performance other than the fact that both teams were crap that made me think, oh, Wolves are having a poor day out here. Um, you know, it, it felt about normal. And in the second half, I mean, things were really end-to-end. -end. I mean, it felt like both teams were getting a fair amount of chances. So, uh, I, yeah, I think we did just fine, really. Yeah, I agree. What about you, Ed? Did you, did you think it was a bit hard done because i know watching match of the day that they seem to go he, he talked about it being an entertaining game as well at one point i can't remember who the commentator <laughs> was um but when you look at that and it, it looked like it was a 2-2 in the making which i suppose taking the wonder shows out it could well have been yeah yeah i think entertaining doesn't always mean the best football or the best <laughs> thing that does it either entertaining can also be a you know 
um, car crash TV is entertaining, isn't it? But you don't necessarily want to watch it every single day. Um, yeah, uh, entertaining in terms of, I think, like Blake said, uh, it's not quite a smash and grab, but it's as close to it without it being it. It's a perfect away day performance. And like I talked about earlier, I think I think Everton is the one club that would, if you'd have picked me a fixture after the 4-1 against Brighton, it would have been Everton. Everton at, at home for them would have been the fixture I'd pick because, I mean, their forward line, I mean, if that is worse than ours. Look at 15 shots, seven on target and bar a couple of wonder saves. Um, and I mean, the Decore header is awful. It, <laughs> it shouldn't be anywhere near where that is. That's the other thing that maybe we should applaud Jose Sar for is that no one headers the ball a yard down in front of them and expects it to loop in the way that they went for it. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, it, entertaining is probably the right word, but maybe not in the, in the, in, you know, the true sense of the word is, is as we'd like to like to believe. Um, it's not quite Mick McCarthy, uh, you know, Nottingham Forest kind of entertaining game. Yesterday, it was a bit more of a, um, yeah, a one in the trenches kind of game. It was a top end championship fixture, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would have been on the, uh, oh, see, Blake, since, you, since you've left our, our fine shores you haven't seen the uh, the excellent kind of jazz funk music that accompanies the fl highlights on itv which if you want a vpn that people go right ahead itvx not twitter x itvx um but you mentioned earlier ed that you're a, you're a convert of the uh, the church of xg and you <laughs> you look at that 1.33 to everton 1.15 to wolves 1.9 1.4 depending on which uh, which thing you go yeah. by so we have to come to the main man, don't we? Um, we talked about keepers, we talked about attack, but is there a sweeter moment than, let alone scoring with very few minutes left? But for our, our sweet prince, <laughs> Sasha Kalajic, to, to come on and, I mean, the celebrations about for themselves and it was madness. Absolute delirium in the away end yesterday. And the quote from, from Gary O'Neill there, he's worked so hard to get here and Sasha came with that finisher we need. So please for him. We talked about this earlier that we need a, a, an actual striker and, and Fabio is not really suited for that. Um, he's so popular in the dressing room, very highly thought of. And to celebrate with teammates and the fans in that moment is very special. And it was so many people just screaming his names, yes, Sasha, yes, Sasha, that it was emotional, man. Oh, I was like tearing up. And obviously we've seen, everyone's seen the documentary and what an amazing bloke he is and whatever. But it was, for me, it, I don't know how you, how you felt, Blake, over there, that it, for me, it felt on a par with Raul at Southampton. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Um, it, it's, it's just great. I'm so happy for him. Um, obviously he's had a torrid time considering, well, considering the whole ACL and it's just great to see him score. I mean, obviously for us, for obvious reasons, but for him as well. And I, I just think that um, hopefully, hopefully this can be the, the turning point for something. He's tall enough to be able to head the ball without even needing to jump. So maybe finally we can have someone who can get their head on the edge of some of these crosses that Wolves like to pump in the box 90 times a game. And, you know, so often we saw those balls just fly through the box and go to no one. And, who knows, maybe Salsa could actually be that player that can finally get headers again. I mean, I think that's something that we really missed with Roll, and 
you know, obviously, no offense to him. I mean, he did his head in, and there's there's obviously every reason in the world that he would be afraid to go for headers after that. But it was just something that I've always felt we've really been missing. And who knows? Maybe Salsa can can bank in on that just from his height. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he's we we've had tall strikers before. He's not Kevin Kyle, is he? Um, he's got. I know that in the movie before we turn right, but. For for those of us who saw the uh, that great man Grace uh, uh, Field, he's um, he's got great touch on the ball as well. A very Peter Crouch like for me, Ed. Yeah, yeah, and that was the th- uh, yeah Peter Crouch's podcast that he talks about himself as being a head on a stick at the end of his career at Burnley, doesn't he, Peter Crouch? And um, there was Tarkowski that that's his bread and butter, getting rid of those crosses, and he was scared. Of the fact that we had this six foot seven bloke lurking behind him, so scared he passed him on to an actual child in their right back <laughs> to deal with. So, for me, I think that that shows you that I think to not just because Blake's here, I'm a big NBA fan, they have a phrase that you can't teach height. And that is something that I think that we can maybe not use as some kind of sort of secret weapon off the bench because that, that I don't think we'll be getting the most out of him. But it will mean that we can, when we need to, change tact. Even during the game, if he's playing and he's playing more of the hold-up role um, that we have, but also we could just change tact in terms of if we're going to persist with playing Neto on the right, in swinging crosses is the only thing that's going to be of any benefit from that when he's given as much time as he was yesterday. That makes Sasha incredibly important seven yards out with the ball being whipped in. Pickford can't come for that. Tarkowski doesn't deal with it. And the right back in the end goes, oh, I'm going to have to try and do something and runs into the back of him, but it's too late. I think there is definitely Peter Crouch vibes about him. He's sort of got that archetypal cliche of a big, good touch for a big man, and um, he seems to have a good personality, like you say, on the back of his documentary. He's he's clearly gone through the ringer as well, so for him to score, to go um, into the, you know, scoring away from home maybe is even more special because the away fans are crazy. To go to Everton, it's a horrible little sitting on wooden seats kind of in the corner there. So it's a, it's a great memory that he's going to have with that, you know, certain thousand Wolves fans that he's going to carry some kind of legacy. Let's hope he becomes some kind of cult hero on the back of it is what we're hoping for. Yeah. And I think the big problem we've got now that because he is so amazing that his son was just the Fabio one um, um, and not the Curly Hale one, the other one. <laughs> And I mean, Dan, Dan has tried his best on our Twitter account to get the Kylie Minogue uh, "Can't Get You Out of My Head" start intro um, ditty going. To everyone knows it. It just takes one brave soul. Maybe against on Tuesday night. Maybe that's the time to bring it out. This is this is how the Nuno chant started at Barnsley away. Everyone forgets that, but it only takes a few a few lunatics in a pub to get it going. There's, there's hope <laughs> yet, Dan. There's hope yet. Um, there we are. Flopped again. You don't give up. There's, there's still time. But we touched on Neto. Um, I, he's the, the Adama, the, um, the frustration-led enigma of the year. Isn't he? I mean, I'm going to see a little giggle there, Blake. Go. Just go. Neto, what do you do? Oh, I feel so bad for him. I love Neto, especially when he first came to Wolves and that first season that he played was just brilliant. And then ever since then, it just feels like he's completely dropped off. And yes, playing him on the right, is it's it's not the right place for him, is it? And 
I don't know. It's just it's unfortunate that he continues to put in these poor performances. That being said, he did provide the assist, and it was a brilliant assist at that. So I can't knock him too hard for for yesterday. But I don't know. You just feel like there's a much much better player there, and that we're just not getting. And I I just think it's there's so much potential there that I think we're just not getting. And to me, that's just it's so disheartening. Yeah, and he's. He's never, for me, recovered from his injury. Really, well, the, the second injury as well. Doing it, doing it again um, with our, our doctor Death and his brilliant minds of, de- of doom, letting him just play on when he was clearly down injured again. And he was just coming back into his own, and he gets another setback. And is that the reason why Ed that he doesn't open himself up? And he's got, he's clearly got the pace still. Um, mm-hmm. And he showed it quite a few times in the first half, where he was one of the the, the bright things about that that drab affair. <laughs> In that first 45 where he did pull the afterburners on at times and get down that right wing, but then you've got the problem of cutting back in. So it has to be a confidence thing, surely? I, I think it's confidence, definitely, because like I say, the, the, he's, he is putting on the afterburners, he is outrunning people, but it's with those injuries, it's the stopping, isn't it? It's the stopping and the twisting, and it's the, it's the micro-movements, isn't it, that cause those issues. But is it, and maybe this is a question to throw back at you, Stu, or, or to Blake, is it as simple for Neto? Just put him on the bloody left. I can't stand him on the right. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. He was so much better on the left. I'm thinking Chelsea Chelsea away in the lockdown season when he scored that goal at the end. That's just mm-hmm. bursting down through the middle on the left-hand side, shoots a cross goal with his left foot. He doesn't have to do anything other than run or stand on his right foot. And when you don't have any chance of going on the outside, he's going to have to cut back in all the time. And that is where these injuries he's picked up are going to be at their most vulnerable. He's going to be opening up those muscles, those ligaments, every single time cutting back as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. I'll put him on the left every single week without fail because how many times has anyone cut him? I know we talked about the start that, you're talking about fullbacks cutting in, um, but if the fullbacks are cutting in, then the, the wide forwards can go wide. That's the, that's mm-hmm. the whole point. Maybe that's that's the thing. Um, but then you come up with a conundrum: who do you play on the right? Does it really matter if you've got someone like Neto putting crosses in with his natural left foot? Then you then you worry about the right. Well, we were playing one. Huang. We were playing Huang on the left, anyways, and I don't think that worked at all. So no. we, we haven't got any wingers at the moment. So why not have <laughs> one on the left and none on the right? Yeah, well, that's that's a good point. I mean, we even talked about Tyus Cunha earlier that he's he's played there before on the, the right of a front three, and he was fine. So did Sarabia, but we're going to get told off again for talking about him, so we won't. And uh, I will I will mention I, I did think. I don't know how you felt, Blake. When, when Fabio went off, we looked a bit numb. We looked a bit blunted. And for all that we slagged him off from not being able to do that um, to do that role, we lost something for that little time when Sarabia went up front for some reason. I don't think that's going to work. I, I, I don't know what to do with Sarabia. I, I just... I don't. In fairness, I haven't seen a lot of them because last year I was working a lot during our match day, so I, I'm I'm probably not fit to make any comments at all. But I I just don't know what you do at this point. It's just I think we're such a mess up front, and I think 
if I, I just don't know. I just think that Wolves are an absolute mess at the front, and that's really our only issue. I think if we were to have any sort of player that can make it work on the attack, I think we'd be probably competing, well, definitely in the top half of the table, that's for sure. And uh, I don't know. I'm always just... I hate this feeling that I just don't know what we should do anymore. I just I don't know. I hate it. I hate it. Oh, you know, Blake, get used so to it. Easy. Blake, get used to it. <laughs> I'm it almost 40 so years easy. in and we never really have a plan. No, we don't. I mean, it was so easy when we could just say, just push Jota up there and let him do the rest. But nowadays it's just, I just, I don't have a clue to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I think that goes for a lot of us. Um <laughs> We'll go on to what we could do um, later. Well, in a brief second, um, I think there's only going. I think this is going to be universal. But who's getting the uh, the four pack of uh, what do we even do? Can we say Madrid now, or is, is the Madrid phase over? Has Madrid hit America yet, Blake? I'm guessing it hasn't. What is Madrid? Exactly. There you are. There's your Blake take. <laughs> we'll clip this up. This is this is the answer. Madrid is basically calling for chavs. It's okay. rebadged and told that it's been it's kind of made with Madrid influence when it's actually just a bit tangier calling. Not for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, me. No. Who's your four pack of banks he's going to then? Uh, uh, go on then, Blake. Go for it. What do you mean? I, this is. I don't even know <laughs> what you mean at this rate. Man of the match. Oh, man of the match. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, it's got to be Saul, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. There's, there's nothing, there's no one else for it. It's, it has to be Saul. I mean, he was the only presence that really made himself known in that game. I mean, granted, Saul uh, scored, but I don't even know if he knew fully what he was doing when he scored. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it has to go to Saul. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. I think, four, I think four cans, four cans are mild for for uh, Mister Saul. I think that's where we are with it. Yeah, put on the basket on his bike on his way home. <laughs> well, um. We'll have a, a brief seven-second break for the uh, for the live viewers, and then we'll come back in a minute and talk about the uh, the future and what and what it holds, especially Thursday. But yeah, so easy man of the match. We can't give man of the match to a guy who was on the pitch for two minutes before scoring a goal with his shoulder. We just can't. So, so <laughs> stick tight. We'll be back in a second. <laughs> This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. We all carry different stresses, big and small. It could be from work, stuff going on at home, or just from supporting a football team. You flatter to deceive, and as the bedsheets have always said, let us down. We often bottle up these stresses and try and keep a lid on them, but when you do that, it can start to affect you negatively. That's where therapy comes in. It gives you a place to get these things off your chest, get down to root cause, and figure out how to work through what's weighing you down. Therapy is there to help develop positive uh, coping skills. It's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's about empowering you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not look and give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners can get 10% off their first month using the code betterhelp.com slash wanderers. That's betterhelp.com slash wanderers. Let's get back to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> There's certain 
in this squad. I don't know why they're still here. Well, I know why they're still here, because no one else wants them. <laughs> Daniel, here's something at night. Don't smile because it's over. Smile because it happened. I, mean, I don't know what, ha- what he's talking about, what happened, because I've hated him ever since he's been here. But <laughs> for you, <sighs> talk to me about Daniel Pedet, because I think it says a lot that he's still here with a year left on his contract probably available for about five million quid and there's been no takers. He's a waste of time. He's a waste of time on the pitch for me. He's a waste of time off the pitch. He's got so little man syndrome, it could be a case study in a psychologist's um, study. Just get rid. There's a reason that even Scottish football aren't paying any money for him. You can do a drag back. We get it, Daniel. Just get over it. Uh, yeah, I'm done with him. I was done with him a long time ago. Bar the Arsenal goal, when he dinked it over Leno and popped it in, I think that's the only time he's genuinely impressed me. Um, and his attitude, for me, seems like it's stunk for a long time. And right now, it, it's honking. Right now, it's awful. Just get just get rid. Don't even train with the kids. Just you know, go to your nice home gym where you were there. Put your cryptic messages up and we'll see you at the end of your contract. Yeah. I think, I mean, Dan can say this because he's the same height, small man, small man syndrome, and he's not even sticking up for him for that anymore. Um, he's just, I, I said, kind of flippantly, I suppose, but at the time that everything started going to shit when we signed him. And you look at when we did sign him, three months later, COVID starts. Was it COVID's fault that Nino went mad? Or was it Pudence being here? Because the guy seems toxic. And to put the thing, the the little um, no coincidence, little question mark thing up when Lopetegui went, and then for Cunha to do it well, a week and a half later, and you think, well, if you're not even liked by your own teammates, then maybe you're the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where would you send him, like, if you uh, if you're on board with the the uh, the hatred of him, of course, um, would you banish him below the under twenty ones? Would you just tend to stay at home? Before I touch on that, I would just like to say that I I could not care less for the social media activity of footballers. So I don't like Hodens because I just I don't think that he was able to ever match the potential that we think we signed him for. So that, anyways, that's my aside on that. Um, fuck him off to the MLS, why not? <laughs> but no, I mean, I I don't know. Yeah. Oh, what the heck do you do with him? I, I just don't know. I mean, he wasn't even on the bench yesterday and no surprises there, but I don't know. It's either sell him or just screw him off. I, I, I just, I don't know what else you would do with him. I mean, I think it's too petty to put him on the U21s or below that for that matter, but I don't know. It's just, ah, uh, I, I, <laughs> it's the thing with this club. I, I'm getting so tired of, of just everything that, that happens to deal with this club because it feels like every single signing that we've made in the past three or four years has just has just turned out to be rubbish in one way or another. <laughs> Not fully rubbish in fairness, but it just it seems like everything single thing we do just has a massive list of drawbacks with it. And I'm I'm just I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Look what it's done to him, people. Look at him. Yeah. You can tell Blake didn't see us in the nineties. 
Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I know you having you having your moment. You're having your moment on live on stream as well, Blake, which is just it's fun <laughs> to see. This is this, this is a guy who who chose to come here from Orange County yep. to watch Wolves. And look what it's done to the man. It's broken him. He's, he, he now looks older than me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think there's clearly no way back. And I think you're right, Ed. If, if Celtic were the only ones in talks with him, it kind of says everything about the guy, really. Um, it's Bond Squad 2.0 stuff at this point. He's not the only one, though, is he? Um, we had the thing straight after the game. Um, Thomas Nunes has been linked with a move to Man City. He's got four or potentially five years left on his contract. He's obviously suspended for this weekend, but we rejected a bid because we didn't feel it met our valuation of what Matthias is worth to us. So we move on, was the quotes by Gary O'Neill. <laughs> you then go to tonight <laughs> and it's come out from uh, Fabrizio Romano, exclusive Man City submitted new bid for Matthias Nunes, package around 60 million euros with add-ons and club confident to get it done. Personal terms agreed days ago. City optimistic opening 50 million plus 5 million add-ons was euros was rejected. Remains City's top target and seemingly uh, Cunha wishing him happy birthday says that he's off apparently, but <laughs> it's, um, it's a done deal, isn't it, Ed, at this point? Yeah, it's just a matter of eking out what we can for him, right? trying to get whatever we need to to balance the books, whether it's for FFP or whether it's for Fosun, whatever you believe or don't believe about our finances. Um, and maybe can we pick up a Man City player or two, maybe a one on loan, one permanent signing. I think that's where we are now, isn't it? We're thrashing out those add-ons probably. It's probably not even the cash. It's what can we get back to give Gary O'Neill anything in return or else we are going to have to end up maybe asking Podence to sit on the bench at least just to fill out the bench. Um, it's Yeah, but it's a, it's, it's a done deal. It's nice to have seen you for less than a year. You looked wonderful when you glided around on the pitch, but yeah, you, he's just going to... He's also going to be one of those Wolves players that leaves and just goes strength to strength playing with even better players, isn't he? Yeah, and I was speaking to a, a City fan in um, I went to Southport yesterday before the game um, and they were really excited... <laughs> I mean, like, like over the over the top excited about him coming, um, which I know that a few of them like had the same thing with the Dharma because he destroyed them once um, <laughs> at their place, obviously, and then he did a number on them at home a couple of times. But yeah, it seems like playing in a team of rubbish every year <laughs> doesn't really help anyone, but playing in a team of superstars who've won everything will just <laughs> escalate them to the next level. I know you you didn't have the pleasure of seeing him in the flesh, Blake, but did he come across that well on telly? Because he looks, when you look at the highlights, he looks as frustrating as anyone has been for a while. Yet the yeah, there. he looks fine. I, I don't know if he looks like a Manchester City player to me, so I'm not entirely sure why they're thrilled to be having him. Not to say that it won't work out, but I mean, Manchester City just has so much bloody talent. So I, yeah, he seemed fine. I mean, he looks great on telly, but he just, I don't know. It's very odd. And I think it's going to be, I know this isn't exactly the question, but I don't see us signing another player. I know there's been some rumors about us signing that Swedish guy, or not Swedish, but Swiss player, uh, who's in Swiss, whatever. But um, Elvedi. Yeah, yeah, him. 
I just I don't see it happening. I I personally don't think that any of this is happening for FFP reasons from a personal standpoint. And considering we haven't spent money so far, I don't think that anything's going to change with that. So uh, if you're holding your breath thinking that we're doing this to sign players, just look at what we did with all the other players we sold. Absolutely nothing. So, yeah, it's just, again, just just done. Just so done with this. Uh, 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 yeah, he's, I mean, the fact that this club's brokey like it has, he's, he's quite spectacular, really. I think we expect this tonight. So we're going to be happy. We fucking won as well. Look what's happened. <laughs> well, exactly. That's what I was just about to say. What if we'd lost yesterday? <laughs> I think a lot of people are, are directly blaming Fosun. And look, I think Fosun have their fair amount of blame, but the market in China is just completely soured. And I wouldn't be completely shocked if the financial situation of Fosun is completely different to what they expected it to be at this stage, considering when they bought us. So uh, I think it's just it's just this one domino after another that's just fallen, to, that's led us into this strange Murphy's Law football club where everything that could have gone wrong since Nuno's departure has gone wrong. And I don't know, it just feels just feels to me like it's going to get worse before it gets better. But I'm praying, I'm praying this win against Everton is just going to turn it all around. Maybe we buy this Swiss guy and we, I don't know, finish 12th this season. But I, I just, I don't see that in the bag. Everton are in talks with him tonight as well, this guy, apparently. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> of course they are. Yeah, who've, um, Everton clearly have uh, FFP problems, don't they? But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was I was going to say to you, how do you feel that the window's going to go? But I think you've. Um, are, are we going to sign anyone? False. Very oh, very false. No no no, Ooh. very very false. It's so false. Yes, you all alone. Very very false. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any hope, Ed? He's already ready to uh, to hang the uh, free USB charger around his neck and and end it. <laughs> what if, is anyone coming in? I I genuinely think the only way someone comes in is what like what I just talked about on the back of this Nunes deal. Do we get a player and a player on loan from Man City? They chuck us a bill of their scraps from the top table, and we try and make it work. That's the only way I see us buying anyone, unless there's someone on a Matt Doherty free somewhere. I don't know. Someone put a comment about Lescott. Can he lace up his boots? Do you know what I mean? I think that's where that's where we're we're we're, we're bargain basement shopping right now, and not even in the Brighton way where we've got our scouts looking where other people aren't. We are scrabbling around, wondering if David De Gea's got a club yet and can he play up front? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just farcical. And that, I have enjoyed the whole um, Fosun out to every post that Wolves, uh, that Josh and, and uh, Cal put out for Wolves uh, media team, which is, it's unfair on them, obviously. They're not part of this, this shit show, but... It's the only way. I mean, me personally, I if they came out and just said, we can't put any money in, you have to be self-sufficient, which they're kind of having a roundabout way. But just be completely honest, I don't think anyone would have a problem with it. Like like Blake said, everyone knows what China's like at the minute. See, Well, see from the outside looking in. I personally wouldn't have a problem with them saying, look, we can't invest anymore. We've kind of written off what the 120 odd million last year. We're doing it this way for a reason. I wouldn't have a problem with that. It's the it's the it's the Trumpian way of doing things. Eh? It's the lies and the deceit um, and the 
pretensing of things that are just, I don't know, it's annoying me, let alone what, what it's doing to youngsters like Blake over the pond. <laughs> but saying in that. Fairness, in fairness, I do enjoy the chaos, so at least there's that. I mean, that's the one thing you can always count on Wolves for, is there's always going to be some sort of mental chaos, and it's going to be fun. <laughs> I mean, it, it comes to something, doesn't it, where our friend Joshua on the Whole Lot of Wolves podcast literally rubbed lemon and salt into his body because we were so cursed, and he put this on Twitter for everyone to see. Go and look at it. Joshua Buckley on Twitter, X, sorry, um, and Whole Lot of Wolves on there. He literally rubbed lemon and salt into his body to rid ourselves of a curse to get a goal. And now he's got to do it every week. Yeah, that's him now. This is where we are, people. This is where we are. So, as per usual, we, we, um, since it's bank holiday, this is probably why we didn't get any correspondence, really. Um, but th- there's been a few, mainly to have a go at me. Um, and they are... If Sasha is the answer, then what is the question? That's from uh, Caucus Wolf. Ed, what is the question? Do we have a centre forward? I think he, that he's the only answer we've got, I think, to that question. Yes. Yes, he is. He's, he's the answer to many questions. Mm. <sighs> and the only one... I mean, Nagy's, Nagy's putting this in. Sean Dyche, is he as good as Stu makes out? Lost to both. Lopetegui and uh, Gary O'Neill at this point. I felt sorry for him yesterday. He, he was there looking all prim and proper again in his in his suit suit jacket on the bench, just shirt and tie, looking all nice. And look what he's got to work with. Everton's just terrible. Everton's just terrible, yeah. aren't they? So I don't even blame Sean Dyche for any of that nonsense. I mean, they were terrible last year. They were terrible the year before that. And it looks like they're going to continue to be nothing but terrible. And... <laughs> Uh, I I really don't like the fact that they're moving to this new ground, so a piece of me secretly hopes that they're going to be relegated, but it, it just <laughs> seems inevitable that they're going down at some point. If not this year, then soon. It would it's, be quite it's only It's only Sean Dyche that could get, get any of that shambles to do anything. He knows what he is, and I, I respect him for that. I didn't want him at Wolves, Stu, I'll say that now, but... You have to respect the work he did at Burnley. You have to respect the work he did at Watford before that. And he is he's he's a a, a manager of a certain type that will he's you know, he's not Allardyce, but he's better than Allardyce, if you know what I mean. He knows how this league works. He did so much on a shoestring at Burnley. Um but I the thing with with Burnley I think no one even talks about is no one ever no no players wanted to go there because no one wanted to live there. There's nothing there. So he did all of that with them, kept them up for year on year, got them into Europe once, I think, if I remember rightly, or at least close to it. Yeah, so, yes, he is good. But, I, yeah, but Blake's right, Everton are just just woeful. They are woeful. If, if you lose to us at home <laughs> with, the, with, with the basket case of a team we've got at the moment, then that should tell you everything you need to know about Everton, and it's not Sean Dyche's fault. I mean, that, that stat yesterday was mental that someone put up on Twitter that three of our last four away wins have come at Everton. <laughs> the Southampton down to 10 men was the only other one and they got relegated. So it's um, it kind of says where we are at that. I mean, the uh, traditional Everton boo was quite hilarious yesterday. I was... And a, 
considering the amount of added time that we've had um, this season, to see them just up and leave as soon as the ball in the back of the net was pretty awful, really. Yeah. Well, Michael Michael King coming on at 90 minutes to play centre forward <laughs> probably, probably also tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. They're, um, maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the year. It, it happened to Sunderland before when they were at Roker and they, they got relegated and had to play in Division 1 at the stadium or like their first season. So it's unprecedented. It would be hilarious um, if the uh, the Everton boys are here in the championship next year. But enough about Everton, enough about us. If you say now, Blake has said we're signing no one at all. Eddie's saying maybe a couple on loan. <laughs> we're not going to do a preview before then, so we'll, we'll before Blackpool. So we'll do it now. What do you expect from Blackpool? Do you even care? So I'm guessing that you you can't see it in America yet because of reasons, Blake. Um, will you try? Will you listen to this on Wolves Radio? Oh, I will be because I'm coming for holiday when the third round would be being played or what is it, fourth round, whatever's next. So I'm praying that Wolves go through so I can get to another match. Praying, oh, but yes. uh, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, I I think it's probably going to be a much harder game than we're probably expecting. I mean, you would kind of think with Blackpool, you would think you would think that with Blackpool at home, it would just be an easy win and move through. But something just tells. Well, I think first of all, Wolves are probably going to be paying as much attention to the league as we can this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if we play basically our B team and what the heck even is our B team at this rate. So I wouldn't be surprised if Blackpool actually cause problems. Don't think they're going to. Well, they might win. I don't think they're going to win, but I think that they are going to cause more problems than we'd hope. Oh no! Come on, and there's for the audio listeners. Sean Crow in the comments. Hodge and Bubikar need to get someone out. Yeah, they do. I think that's that. This is the perfect opportunity to do that. And you've got to play Fabio, haven't you? Ed? Just for just yeah. for confidence reasons. Goals, goals that, that we should. Yes, I, I'll be. I'm there. I'm there. I'm making the most of it. Still being school holidays, and I can get my my boy there and not feel guilty next day when he's tired at school. So we're there. Um, I, I, we should pump them, right? We should just, this should just be a formality. <laughs> but I, I mean, was it Notts County when we had to bring on Kevin Doyle and Stephen Fletcher a few years ago just to make it after Lee Hughes scored? I just hope it's not that because there's no extra time this year, is there now it's straight to penalties and I could do without that. So I'm, I'm hoping that, I mean, the B team doesn't look too far off the A team because there's not enough depth to have a B team. So it'll be a change of goalkeeper. Totti will play, won't he? Um, it'll be one of the left-backs. Doherty will get a run out. I mean, all, all of those are Premier League players and Blackpool don't have anyone. So, on paper, it looks like a formality. <laughs> but it's the Carabao Cup. And, yeah. Um, I mean, the irony is that they've released the nine, the last time we won anything at all in the uh, that glorious 1980 uh League Cup replica shirt, which I'm so tempted by. There's only so much money, isn't there? So much money in the yep. world, and they, they keep doing this to us. And they annoy us and they piss us off so much, and we still give them money. We can't help ourselves. Um, it's, it's the fact that there is penalties and that, we, that I'm not going to be back home after 11 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> it, it will be interesting, though, after the, um, after the cock-up with all the ticketing issues and all that, how many people are actually there tomorrow. Because I know 10 at least. I mean, that's that's personally my little circle of 
friends who are not bothering because they couldn't get the t- they couldn't buy their own ticket for this game because the website is so bad. Yeah. And with everything else that's going on, you think <laughs> Wolves Kids plus Karna equals financial ruin from Jordan P there. We know the we know the pain. We know the pain. I, I but, spent an inordinate amount of money at the home game last week. Tickets <laughs> to travel, the a full kit for my for my son, and you start totting it all up and you just go, I you can't you can't do this. This <laughs> makes no sense. Why am I doing this? You kind of you look back on look, it used to be in my student days, you look back on the on the your bank details with you know, we dread when you check your paper statements, maybe, and you go, bloody hell, I spent that much. And now you can look at it on your phone. And you go, oh, have I dropped 200 quid on one day out where we lost 4-1? And you wonder why the hell you do it. <laughs> There's no answer to it, is there? But no. most importantly, did you bow down to their pies? The, 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 no, the, pie, no. the pie fiasco. I've, I've never, I don't think I've bought anything from inside the stadium I had a season ticket all the way through the Mick McCarthy years and a bit before that. And other than a programme, I don't think I ever spent anything in the ground. I'm not, I never do that. That's not for me. They have enough off me. Well, they've had enough off me as well now because I'm not doing it anymore. I'll pay nearly £6 for a pie. Yeah, it's ludicrous. Release another replica kit. There's your 40 quid, but yep. <laughs> charge you six, nearly six quid for the pie. That's enough. But yes, we've rambled enough anyway. We actually beat someone, we won a game of football. And we celebrated like lunatics. And my voice managed it, so everyone's a winner. Um, now it is your half-trick ball by <laughs> Ed. Um, and I'm guessing that no one else is going to come on after Blackpool. <laughs> Score prediction right now. At this point. Not, 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 we're not going to penalties. We're not that bad. We're not, okay. we're not spending money on, on silly emoji versions of Wolfie, when, Wendy and their... Evil demonic son. Yeah, no. They'll they'll be there in fucking force tomorrow. Guarantee. Yep. Score prediction as of quarter to ten on Sunday night. I'm gonna say Fabio gets a brace, we win three nil. Excellent stuff. Blake, come on. Happiness. Two one wolves. <laughs> <laughs> it it just has it written all over it for me. I mean He's not I, wrong. I know he's not wrong, and that's I'm trying to. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be Ted Lasso. Like I'm trying to believe this year. I'm trying mainly for my own financial gain and putting that bet on that we'll finish in the top half. Irrelevant on Tuesday, of course, but still, I think we're gonna have to go two one as well. <laughs> just just because it, it's pain, and they know what they're doing. But yes, so we got to win. We'll be in the third round. And Blake will be here to witness it. Happy days. So thank you, everyone, in the comments tonight. Um, hope you've enjoyed this weird episode. Um, we won, yet we're still depressed. Only Wolves do that to you. So if, until next time, Blake, do you want to say goodbye to the people? Cheers, everybody. Ed, thanks for coming on. Short notice, but you did well. Hat-trick ball and everything. Always, always a pleasure. I'll take my hat-trick ball now. Thank you. Always a pleasure, never a chore. See you later, everyone.